This is Over the Line on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good morning, Chiefs, Jags, getting things going tomorrow at 3.30. Can the Jaguars do the improbable, the impossible, and beat the Chiefs? Good good morning. What's going on first, by the way? How are we doing? Yeah, good morning. The road's a little better today. Yeah, way better. (laughs) Can the Jags and Chiefs? What are we thinking, Rowdy? Let's start out the gates right now. NFL playoffs as... Now, I don't agree with uh, much of what O.J. Simpson has to say. I know this is strange for me to say this right now. But yesterday, I saw The Juice. Uh, one of his videos popped up on Twitter, and he said last weekend was the best weekend of football all year. I would be kind of inclined to agree with The Juice on that. Will it be better this weekend, Rowdy, as the pressure mounts even bigger? Chiefs, Jags, right away. What are we thinking? I'm going to say Nels. just first off, probably big-time recency bias. Don't agree with the juice man? I mean, maybe, <laughs> but it was also the last thing he remembers seeing. <laughs> Who knows? Do you think he could recall a game from week four? I don't think so. Exactly. I'm going to go with recency bias. Not saying it's not the best week, but. He also said he doesn't want to go back to California because he's scared of running into the killer. <laughs> they do have a lot. People are very vain in California. They do have a lot of mirrors, so maybe that's why. Anyways, Chiefs Jags. <laughs> Can Trevor Lawrence go to Waffle House again? Also the guy that wrote a book, If I Did It. <laughs> Did you see that interview of him circulating? Uh, an old interview. I forget who it was. Like I think it was of NBC. And the interviewer was a lady. And then she was going to go leave the room. And he was standing out from the door pretending to do a stabbing motion. I'll have to find it and send it to you. It's really wild. Anyways, enough about OJ. <laughs> Chiefs Jags rowdy. Can the improbable happen again for the Jaguars? I mean, I, obviously the Jaguars have been playing much better the second half of the season. I mean, it was pretty much known if you watched any of the broadcasts leading up to what the last week of the regular season against them in Tennessee or even their first playoff game it was how much better they've played the second half how Trevor Lawrence is coming along this is still Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and, <laughs> yeah. and the Kansas City Chiefs a they're, juggernaut they're favored by eight and a half for a reason do I think they cover the eight and a half I don't know but I'll tell you this I don't think they lose it is the biggest also over under 52 and a half points I see for Chiefs Jags yeah I don't think the Chiefs lose but the Jags are kind of hot right now. They, uh, you got to think that they're feeling really good about themselves after that big win that they had. And then Trevor Lawrence obviously going to Waffle House. Patrick, this is like the dumbest question. Patrick Mahomes was asked yesterday. He's like, "If you, did you see that Trevor Lawrence went to Waffle House? What did you do after your big play, your first playoff win?" He's like, "I don't remember, but I know I drank a couple of Coors Lights." And it was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Maybe I'll try to go to somewhere similar to Waffle House if we win." <laughs> I was like. Cool. Why would you ask him? Who cares? Like, let the man eat in peace. He went to Subway. <laughs> yeah. He wanted some of the non that gym mat bread. Jay, I, hey, dude, that Jags uh, game last week against the Chargers was probably one of the greatest. I mean, it, I don't think I'm wrong in saying this. Was it like the third biggest comeback or something like that? It was one of the greatest games I'd ever seen. And Chargers making history, bad history, the first team to ever lose with a five-plus turnover margin. I don't know. Trevor Lawrence. The dude can ball, Rowdy. I mean, second half he could ball. First half. Would you compare him to Nathan Peterman? Then he turned into Joe Montana? Yeah, from Nathan Peterman to Joe Montana. What a, he what, threw four picks in like just over a quarter. Yeah. And then all of a sudden brought him back from 27 down. Yeah. Chiefs, Jags, 3.30 tomorrow. Then we turn our attention. I do like how a lot of the people are like, hey, hey, you know, the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence, they're hot. You know, they're, they're turning it around. Chiefs, this Chiefs. Is, he, he, I think it was Nick Wright saying oh, he's, yeah. the, he's the prince. He's the prince. What's Patrick Mahomes on the king? He clearly is the king. Yeah. Like, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. I don't care how good Trevor <laughs> Lawrence is. Clearly, Patrick Mahomes is the, like we can argue semantics is like, is Trevor Lawrence the eighth best quarterback? Is he the 10th best yeah. quarterback? Guess what? Patrick Mahomes, number one. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. Yeah. So let's uh, Trevor Lawrence can, you know, has his flowing locks and his, you know, his deep balls and leading comebacks. But at the end of the day, there's one guy kind of sounds like Kermit the Frog. 
But my God, he plays like the king that he is. Patrick Mahomes. And he still has the good. best tight end in the in the league too. Yeah, I mean that. I just remember Marquez Valdez Scantling's on that team <laughs> of Packers gone by MVS on the Chiefs, and then a little later you have the nighttime affair right here on Fox. Eagles finally coming off that bye to take on the G-Men, the New York Giants at Lincoln Financial Field. Phillies also favored big rowdies. Uh, seven and a half, I see. So you got to? Yep. Woofta. It's pretty much been seven, seven and a half all week. So a lot of people always say, oh, that you know, resting for that first round bye. You can mess with some jujus, a mojo. Uh, you can become cold. The Giants, on the other hand, Daniel Jones was balling last game. I don't know. What do you think of this Eagles-Giants game, Rowdy? 48 points, by the way, over under. I see. Yeah, so we took the under in the Razor's Edge yesterday. Again, I feel like these are two teams, maybe not necessarily going in the opposite direction, but yeah, the Eagles were the best team in the NFC. Giants were a team that, man, if you would have asked them five weeks out, they didn't know if they were maybe going to make the playoffs. But it looks like this Giants team's playing with some confidence. Obviously, Philadelphia pretty banged up, starting with Jalen Hurts. I know Lane Johnson, they're really, really good all-pro right tackle. He's going to try and give it a go. He's a guy that's scheduled for surgery after the season. He missed the last few weeks of the year. The Eagles, just in general, are a little beat up. And New York's playing with some confidence. Again, this is kind of the same one as the Chiefs. Philly is a heavy favorite for a reason. And they're good. Do I think that they cover? I don't know about that, but do I think they win? I think they do. I think it's yeah. just a close game. Yeah. Um, man, I want, I really want to see the Eagles lose so I can see the pain and misery on Ben Kenny's face when it all unfolds. I just don't know if the Giants uh, got it in them. I mean, they're from where they were to start the season. You know, they beat the Pat. Did they beat like every team in the NFC North? Uh, from where they were. To where they are now, uh, you know, a little different. But Daniel Jones, he was he was looking pretty damn good uh, the game previous uh, when they beat uh, the Vikings. So, or who? Yeah, the Vikings, thirty-one twenty-four. Um, I don't know, Rowdy. Jalen Hurts. What's the verdict on him? He was banged up at the yeah, end he had of the a season. bad shoulder. It, but the other thing about this game, these two teams played the last week of the regular season, and the Eagles had to win it. Yeah. to win the NFC East and wrap up the number one seed. The New York Giants were the team that they were already locked in as the sixth seed. They could not get any better. They could not fall. They played all their backups. Yeah, Davis Daniel Webb, Jones wasn't playing. Davis Webb was the starter. He went 23 of 40 for 168 yards and a touchdown. But that's why I think this is even going to be uh, close, uh, like closer than touchdown. that number. The, the Giants... They played all their backups. The Eagles played all of their starters like Jalen Hurts even his first week back. Yeah. Now Lane Johnson still didn't play, but they're saving him for the playoffs. But yeah, they tried to have as many starters as they could play that were dinged up because they needed the game. They still were in a dogfight with the Giants. I feel like that should probably give the Giants even more confidence. The fact that they played well down the stretch. They played well against Minnesota. And now they play a dinged up Eagles team and they just played them with backups and they played them to a one score game. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Giants have to be super confident going into this game. The Eagles are the ones that might have more pressure. Now, I was uh, at Monks and Sun Prairie last night for Kenny and Heilprin. And before the show, I was talking to Ben and Ben's like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find a place to watch the game. And I said, well, I think I'm going to be out Saturday night because uh, one of our friends got engaged. So we're going out for an, an, like a celebration engagement dinner Saturday night. And Ben's like, if the Eagles win, I'll come out and party, uh, you know, if you guys are near me. And I'm like, well, what if they lose? Then you won't see me. <laughs> so so I may or may not see Ben Kenny. Ah, don't night. worry about it. You'll, you'll send him something. He'll never respond. <laughs> win or lose. <laughs> That's a good point. I, last time I was out partying downtown because he lives downtown, I did text him. I'm like, hey, are you out? I'm at Mondays. He did not respond. That was probably at 11 o'clock at night. You know when I got a return text ready to say that he was not out in about 11 o'clock the next day. A.M. <laughs> it went from 11 p.m. to 12 hours later. I would like, text him back, great, I'm not either. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm at home now, so don't worry about it, Benjamin. All right, so there's your Saturday affairs. Um, I, I'm rolling chiefs and, um, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to do the upset and go giants. What about you, Rody? I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Eagles, but it's a close game. You want, uh, obviously chiefs too. 
Yeah, yep. you're, you're Chiefs Eagles, two favorites. So that's your Saturday affair. Then on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Getting it going on CBS. A nice little 2 o'clock kickoff. The Buffalo Bills will be hosting, and this will be a hell of a game, the Cincinnati Bengals. Bills favored five and a half points I'm seeing. This this is going to be a doozy, Rowdy. Bills, Bengals, Joey Cool versus Josh Allen. <laughs> what are we thinking? Besides, I can't wait everything, to watch. Everything says Buffalo Bills here. The, the money is coming on Buffalo. Buffalo is the home team. I'm going to take Cincinnati. I, Brody, I'm going Cincinnati too. No way. I'm feeling Joey Cool in Cincinnati. I mean, what's the... God, Joe Cool, man. Almost 4,500 yards. He's got 35 touchdowns. What, how many interceptions does Josh Allen have? He likes to throw some picks. Josh Allen has like 30-plus turnovers this year between fumbles and interceptions. <laughs> that That's his big kryptonite, is turning the football over. Now, our boss, Randy, big Buffalo fan. From upstate New York. Yep. Always comes in talking about the Bills, right? Peacocking big time. And I told him, you better watch. I told him in the office, you better watch out if Josh Allen's turning the football over. He kind of laughed at me. He almost, he almost cost him the game against Miami with a third string quarterback. He he peacocks hard about the Buffalo Bills. I I want to see him go down. I want to see Joe Cool. I want to see Joey Burrow get it done that Bengals team man remember when they started the year and everyone's like freaking out because they lost a couple games like oh my god they're not gonna be any good the one thing that does make me a little nervous is so the Cincinnati Bengals last year as a whole their offensive line was not very good they revamped the offensive line spent some money in free agency and brought in a much better offensive line at the beginning of the year Joe Burrow coming off the appendix surgery the offensive line needed time to gel it wasn't as good but the pieces were better but the gelling of the pieces wasn't as good the second half of the season they started playing really well and that offensive line was so much better than last year well they go into this game as of right now down three starters on the offensive line. One is questionable, but it sounds like they're 100% going to be out of two of them. The third one is questionable. Even if they are out three, he might be going into this matchup with an even or worse line than he had last year. And the line wasn't good last year. But one of the things that Joe Burrow is really good at is getting the ball out quickly. He actually is one of the best in the NFL getting the ball out quickly, probably because he's used to having he's a good. terrible offensive line <laughs> well, the first two years yeah. in the NFL. Well, did he, Was it his first year that he tore his uh, ACL? Yeah, they're like, man, we really need to invest in a line in Cincinnati, otherwise this guy's career is going to be you know, finished before it even starts. And so, yeah, you're right. Joey Cool is used to running for his life. Uh, but yeah, that's the only flourished. thing that makes me nervous is because these two actually match up quite well with each other, just in general, if, you, if you're Cincinnati. Both have good offenses. Both have elite playmakers. Both have pretty solid defenses. Cincinnati's offensive line is just a question mark right now. Yeah. But if you're Cincinnati, you got to have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. Oh, totally. The fact that that DeMar Hamlin incident completely screwed over Cincinnati with how the NFL handled it. Because remember, if Cincinnati would have won that game, they would have been they would have had the tiebreaker with Buffalo. Yep. And had the Kansas City Chiefs lost to the Raiders in the last week of the season and the Cincinnati Bengals won, they would have actually been the one seed. Uh-huh. Now, the NFL, with how they decided it, came up with uh, you know all those tiebreakers. Out of those three teams, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, all three of them still at that point of the game with yeah. DeMar Hamlin's incident could have been the one seed. Yeah. After the situation... The like only the one of those three teams GTL. that were not still able to get the one seed was Cincinnati. They were screwed. Yeah. This game could easily be playing in Cincinnati this week had they beat the Bills and then just both teams does the, won. Does the does the neutral site thing come into play anymore or is that over? Um, the neutral site is for Buffalo and Kansas City next week. That's what it is. And they're going to be at, uh, is it Atlanta? But I, I, personally, Atlanta? I personally think this should be neutral site in this game because Cincinnati was screwed. Yeah, Cincinnati did not get Cincinnati the, uh, was winning the game <coughs> the, when the DeMar Hamlin went down. 
Now it was only 10 minutes in or so, but still Cincinnati looked damn good in that game until that inch. They were up seven to three. And when T Higgins caught that ball, they were driving. And that DeMar Hamlin situation. I mean, that's going to be huge for the Buffalo bills upstart to it with their home game. So it's going to be gigantic, huge chip. I think for uh, Cincinnati on their shoulder and taking the Bengals. I'm man. I'm feeling the Bengals too. Rowdy. It's scary that we're both on this. We'll ask Raphael when he comes on at 920 today. And uh, whatever Raphael says, usually the, the other happens. So we'll see. And then finally, Fox gets another one, baby. To, to send you to bed. Oh, it's 530 kickoff. But afterwards, you might be juiced up. Hell of a game about to unfold here. This is the smallest line from what I've seen. You have the 49ers at Levi Stadium hosting America's team with America's coach. The Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy coming to Santa Clara to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Rowdy, I know you've been hot on the Niners all year, and rightfully so. They have a hell of a roster. Brock Purdy, does the story end for Mr. Purdy? Or will Dak throw up a couple interceptions and the Cowboys will have their tail tucked between their legs? Well, if you listen to the Razors' edge yesterday... We took the 49ers minus three and a half. Think there's an overreaction with recency bias with the Dallas Cowboys and how they just spanked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If people were paying attention two days before on Saturday, the San Francisco 49ers absolutely spanked the Seattle Seahawks. And I think they have a deeper roster than the Dallas Cowboys. And we've seen Dak very inconsistent in big games. He was balling last game, though. I will ride with San Francisco. I mean, they got a hell of a roster there. Do you think the Brock Purdy train can eventually, I mean, Mr. Irrelevant, right? This is a, it's not a knock on him. It's just, it is what it is. Can the Brock Purdy hype train come to an end? Does what come up must eventually come down? If the 49ers advance and they advance to the NFC Championship game and or Super Bowl, and Jimmy G is ready. Do you play him? Oof. I think, didn't they say they're going to stick with Purdy? Do you play Jimmy G if Ooh. he's healthy? I, I, no, I think you got to stick with the Purdy. I mean, Jimmy G's playoff record, phenomenal. It is. Jimmy G taking them to a Super Bowl already. Outside of a couple plays here and there, Jimmy G was really close to beating Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl. If Brock Purdy leads the Niners though to the Super Bowl and he does it how he's been doing it, how can you bench him? You know, I mean, the guy's balling. You look him, I mean, outside of a couple, the first half last week, yeah, a little tough, but he, man, he strung it together in the second half. I don't know. That'll be a good topic if it does come to fruition, Rowdy. But where I'm going, Sunday night, let's see here. I was really in deep thought over this. Where I'm going to go Sunday night. Yeah, you were in deep thought. I'm going to go the boys, man. I'm going to go for the shock of the nation, the Dallas Cowboys. Get it done against the Niners and go to the championship round of the conference, obviously. Okay. I just looked up Jimmy G to see where he was at with his injury status. Headline on this article is that 49ers injury report. Jimmy G and Trey Lance making strides in recovery. Now listen to the tweet. Both Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance were in the 49ers locker room looking like they are making progress. Lance was seen using one crutch and putting some weight on his recovering foot. Garoppolo was walking with socks on. His walking boots sitting on the floor near oh, his locker. He's walking with socks on. There we go, hey, baby. We're in a big step. He's got the boot off and he's walking in socks, baby. Did they say what kind of socks it was? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> were they wool socks? Were they, you know, just white, you know, jockey socks? Like, wait, what were they? That's Thank you, Jennifer Lee Chan, for that tweet. Walking with socks, breaking, riveting news. Jimmy G's been walking with the socks boots on. boots off. He's in socks, folks. There you go. Controversy is Brock Purdy doomed as Jimmy Garoppolo seen with socks on. You just wait. Next week, next week, they're going to be in the NFC Championship game. He's going to be walking around in shoes. Just let it ride a little bit. Foreigner, baby. Rock was rock, Rowdy. Are you worried what your rock was rock. See? Men were men. Mm. Will it ruin your reputation loving me? And Dirty White Boys were Dirty White Boys. Dave Essler. 
our dirty white boy. What's up, David? Hey, I don't know. My reputation was ruined a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, your reputation was ruined a long time foreigner. Uh, started turning out hits, Dave. It's been decades. Yeah, I'm, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for you to start that, and my dog comes in and gives me his paw. <laughs> you dirty white boy, David. Dave, Mr. Yeah, Isler. I, I, hear, I hear Roddy is like a golf handicapper extraordinaire these days. Roddy started throwing down uh, fat stacks on golf. He's throwing down hundos like it was nothing. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I have fat fingers there for a second. He was throwing down Benjamins like it was nothing, Dave. Very well, bold. You know, when, you, when you got it, flaunt it. Yeah. yeah. Smoke him if you got him, right? Dave, if you saw me right now, you'd ask me how I was doing mentally and financially. If you saw him right now, you'd ask if he was homeless. He's got the, he hasn't had his well, haircut I, since I, October. I, I, did see, I did see you on a Zoom call we had last week. And <laughs> it was... It's like, man, he's really yeah. hard up. He must be on the slide here betting those Benjamins, those like, Benjis. I didn't know that could happen that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave, pregame.com, Dave underscore Essler on Twitter, E-S-S-L-E-R. Dave, what's good, man? How you living? What's what's happening, brother? How's Florida? Florida um, large. It's going to be chilly this weekend. I played golf yesterday. Um, not not very well. And uh, What's chilly you know, for you? What's like like 50? Yeah. Maybe, but it's going to probably be raining or drizzling. So, you know, Monday will be 80. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Dave, it was snowing yesterday here in uh, beautiful Madison, Wisconsin. I was driving out to a, a bar for an event we had. And on my way, there's a VFW uh, bar and there's a uh, golf, uh, Frisbee golf. And there was people playing out Frisbee golf as it was snowing in like the like high 20s, low 30s. I thought of you a little bit. I'm like, I wonder if Dave would do that. No, Dave wouldn't. <laughs> I, don't know, no. I don't know why you even went there. No, Dave wouldn't. Well, I was thinking about the show coming up. Like, you know, I know you like golf, and I'm trying to get to Wisconsin. Would you ever, you know, frisbee golf in the snow? So I guess that's a no. Dave? I'll leave that. I'll leave that for you guys. Dave, let me ask you this. Yes, sir. How did the super wild card weekend go for you, brother, uh, the gambling-wise? Yeah, pretty well, actually. Um, the the only I actually I I made money Saturday I made money Sunday and the only thing I had Monday was the uh, Bucks Cowboys over Oof. so I would like to I would like to thank the Dallas field goal kicker for uh, fortunately I bought a hook from forty five and a half to forty five so that's kind of a key key number so I pushed but it was a push that felt like a loss that could have been a win that thought okay uh, let me ask you as a, a through the eyes of you know of big mind, big gambling mind, line setter, you know, the legend that you are, as he misses not one, not two, not three, but four extra points, what's going through your mind? Um, Make it? I don't know. I, I, me, personally, I, I've seen it all. So <laughs> I just kind of roll my eyes. Yeah. Um, but, you know. We've I never mean, seen that before. That was history, Dave. That's the first time someone's well, ever done okay. that. Okay. I, I mean, I've seen some some – you know, pick sixes in the prevent defense on the last play of the game to blow, blow a cover. But, yeah, yeah. you know, it, I mean, what are you going to do? Apparently you know? you're just going to keep mean, putting them back out yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 20, year, 20 years ago, Dave would have probably been trying to find another 50-inch Samsung by now. But uh, this Dave found inner peace. Um, no. Peace with no. the world. Dave, well, how about this? Um, no, that's that- right. I, I went to church this morning at 630, so. Oh. I'm trying to find inner peace. Well, you know, it's it's a process, Dave. It's, you know, it's about the journey. You know, uh, they keep telling me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave, how about Saturday? Uh, we're gonna go to uh, Jags Chiefs. I'm just gonna rattle them down with you. I see Kansas City by nine points. What do we? Th- and you're close to Jacksonville. Can you still feel the vibe, the uh, the the you know the aura of Trevor Lawrence? What happens? Uh, at the- oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they forgot about four interceptions real quick. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I figured they'd win that game. I didn't think it would, you know, that wasn't my script. Um, I don't think they can beat Kansas City, but if you want to give me nine points with probably the the hottest, most fortunate team in football right now, I would take them. Uh, the weather tomorrow in Kansas City is going to be not good. I think it's a high of 39, low of 30 with precipitation. So, you know, is that the great equalizer? It may be. Um, I would... I would totally take Jacksonville with the points. See, Dave, I I kind of uh, I kind of agree with you, especially because Kansas well, what, City. Wait a minute, what 
What's kind of a great? Well, <laughs> Kansas City has played a ton of close games this year, but this is a team that can pretty much blow out almost anyone in the NFL if if they focus and are playing the entire time. I almost feel like sometimes they're only interested for a quarter or two and they get these leads and then the next thing you know, they're up by a few points and then they win by four. But what I was saying is when I first looked at this game, kind of I agree. instantly thought, hey, at eight and a half, this is one where I would like to tease down Kansas City. But then I was looking around and I go, eh, the only other piece that I like here or that would be teasable would be the Philadelphia Eagles. And it felt like if people were going to do teasers, that would have been the one that everybody did. So I didn't do it. Well, um, I, I, you're correct. Everybody is doing that. And here's the thing. Um, one of the reasons that Kansas City game went to nine is that they're protecting teasers. It's not because all the money is on Kansas City. Oh. In fact, um, let me look here real quick. Uh, it looks to me like, um, yeah, I mean, it's two-thirds of it, but you'd expect that. But I guess, you know, the layman would expect 95%. But they're protecting teasers because... Most people play six-point teasers. It's it's minus 120. It's not cheap anymore. But season six down to three is a lot less advantageous than season eight and a half. Uh, excuse me, nine down to three, eight and a half down to two and a half. Yeah. That's why everybody did it. And you can say the same thing for the, uh, excuse me, Eagles and Giants game. You know, they don't want, um, I'm sure that's part of the reason that's still seven and a half because that's a division game. Yeah. And, you know, we saw last week how that played out, and I don't know if that's the case this week. But last week, Buffalo and Miami—who knew that was coming? And right. and everybody, everybody thought Cincinnati would would boat race Baltimore, and that didn't really happen. Yeah. So you know, I I could, you know, everybody's screaming the Eagles, 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 and the line kind of says so. But I think that might be a little bit of teaser protection, and I would probably pass that game, but I would take the Giants. So I mean, I- you know, books don't give away free money, so I. You know, one of those two will not cover. So, Dave, Rowdy said, "I may." What did you say, Rowdy? I kind of agree. Or what was it? Yeah, yeah. with with his Jaguars yeah. take. But I was thinking teaser for the Kansas no, City right when I saw the line. The reason I bring that up is someone told me yesterday, Dave, that technically I may have. So, kind of agree, and then technically you may have. If you use the word technically, how can you use "may have" after that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's an oxymoron. Yeah. I'm with you. Buddy. What do you mean? Technically, I may have. Either. <laughs> Anyways, so Dave, um, Eagles. That just, Gi- means, that just means yes, I did. <laughs> Eagles, Giants. You would first pass, and then second would be what again? Take the G men. Um, if I, if you maybe, I would take the points. It's a division. Okay, game. take the points. Got you. Um, yeah, and and I think that game also stays under. I mean, the Giants' defense is just that good, and I mean the Eagles' defense and. You know, the, the Giants played a perfect game last week in Minnesota. I don't think they can do that again. Um, so I think, that stays, I, th- I think that stays under as well. Yep, I agree with you on that one 100%, Dave. Oh, See what there I mean? There 100% agree here. And the reason being was kind of what you said. Danny Dimes has looked good lately, but he's been playing crappy defenses, yeah. and anybody can throw against Minnesota. The Eagles are one of the best teams against the pass. I don't think they'll be able to pass really well. You know, I totally agree with you. I don't think the Eagles want to make a statement. I totally agree. It's different than I kind of agree. Do you 110% agree? Yeah, I probably do, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think the Eagles want to make a statement if they get a lead. I mean, this is a playoffs. They want to win, stay healthy, and play sure. in the championship next week. So uh, the possibility of the Eagles running that up, uh, like maybe Georgia did to TCU, is a lot Oof. less here. Oh, Dave, let's go to Sunday now. Um, which Did you go to church today to get it out of the way on Sunday so you could just watch Saturday and Sunday? Is that what you did today? No, I, no, no, I did not. Or you needed a little saving. Day. You needed a little saving. That's what it was. Yeah, I needed a lot of saving. So. <laughs> hey, Dave, Bengals, Bills. I see this game. This is like, this is premier, right? Two o'clock, though. Uh, so you get you start your Sunday, a Sunday fun day. Buffalo, five and a half? What do we think here? I mean, that's kind of crazy. I mean, I, I don't get it. And if there's one game I want no part of, that might be it because, you know, I mean, I talked to Rowdy yesterday. We talked, you know, how does the Demar Hamlin thing affect everything? Right. Shouldn't this game have? Shouldn't this game have? Well, couldn't this game have just as easily been in Cincinnati? Um, yes, the answer is um, the Bills five and a half. So 
you know, give them three for a home field. So now they're saying the Bills are two and a half points better than the Bengals, um, and yet they were only one and a half points better than the Bengals in Cincinnati. I mean, that's a little bit fishy there at all. I, you know, I mean, instinctively, I would want to take the Bengals, but that's a pretty big statement to, to make Buffalo five and a half point favorites. See, I gave out today, Dave, Cincinnati plus five and a half. Maybe we see a six. I think I'm going to actually hold off and wait to bet it just in case. But I, I like Cincinnati in this one. I think if Joe Burrow can go through Buffalo and then go through Kansas City back to back, I think we have to call him the best quarterback in the league. I think he passed He might pass Patrick Mahomes there, but that I mean, that's. Out in the future. But I think right now I look at it and I go, man, these teams are very similar. Both offenses are good. Both quarterbacks are good. Uh, Both teams have playmakers. Both defenses are solid. The only two things that I see that are different is Cincinnati's got a bunch of offensive linemen that are banged up. And Joe Burrow doesn't turn it over as Josh Allen. Those are the two key differences. And I feel like the tired take is Joe Burrow had a terrible offensive line last year but what they're not saying What's is the wired take he, yeah the wired take is he gets the ball out one of the quickest in the nfl uh you know i kind of agree with you oh kind of yeah technically yeah, you may agree thing, with him i do agree with him the only <laughs> thing i would do there is i would i would if i was going to bet the Bengals, it would be six so if i couldn't get a six i would buy the hook and play the extra juice up to six i mean that's kind of a Kind of a key number to leave on the table there. All right, Dave. And then finally, the nightcap of Sunday. America's team with America's coach going to Santa Clara to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Well, Niners, four points. I mean, are you guys are you guys all rooting for the 49ers, I'm sure? I'm on Dave, the 49ers. Dave, Dave, yeah. we them boys. Let's go, baby. Um, you know, I'm going to go out on an island here. I kind of like Dallas. No, Dave, I mean, no, I'm on the island with you. Let's go. I mean, in, in a million years, I didn't see that coming because, you know, I'm probably the least affected by recency bias as anybody. And I've been high on San Francisco all year, down on the Cowboys, you know, but it's one game. I love Brock Purdy. Um, the Cowboy defense is the best he's going to have faced in quite some time. Um, you know, I will, I'm, I'm aware that the 49ers have had like one close game and probably all year, but in at least a couple of months, but I think that could work in my favor because they are, of course, pretty. They haven't had to face any adversity. You know, let's see oh, yeah. how they react if they do. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I, um, you know, the Cowboys don't really have a bad loss except for that debacle there in Week 18 in Washington. But, you know, it's not like Dallas doesn't have playmakers. Uh, they're not going to be able to run the ball. Um, Dallas they a, isn't. They have Mike McCarthy. Um, you know, but Dallas, you know, they got Schultz, Gallup, even T.Y. Hilton's coming around. If that doesn't work, there's a C.D. Lamb guy. I mean, I think Dallas will be able to move the ball. Dave, you were you know, a smart Seattle man. You were a smart Seattle. man, Dave. Seattle kept it close till halftime. And, you know, last year, San Francisco knocked Dallas out of the playoffs in Dallas. You know, maybe Dallas returns the favor. But honestly, could you see the last game of the weekend being a blowout? Nope. Or could you, can you see fourth quarter drama? Uh, at, at at 8 o'clock Sunday night, I do. So I'll take the points. Hell yeah. I am on the 49ers, Dave. There's too much overreaction because Dallas was a Monday night game and they blew I up. Told you I'm not, I told you I'm not. I, 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 recency bias is not in my dictionary. That is the exact reason <laughs> why this was up at four and a half. There's, there's no way... Well, why are you, why are you so? Because he hates Mike fired, McCarthy. Fired I've loved why the 49ers since 2019. He hates Big Mike. Oh, I I love them. Yes, I like them as a team. But now that you see that they're 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 rather dynamic and they haven't lost, you're just doing recency he bias. He fat shames you're Mike doing, McCarthy you're, every you're day. Doing, you're doing months and years of recency bias. I'm doing a week. If we are going, if we are going to criticize each other. I am going to say, you think about this. I am on the 49ers. There's a lot of recency bias on Dallas. And if you're on an island, Dave, and Ebo's with you, I guess you guys can enjoy your yeah, we'll fun s- in the sun. We'll sun our balls. If you know what Dave. I'm saying. Yep. We'll sun our balls. It, it's going to suck for you Monday. You know that. That's the tannest part of my body. Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Dave, he fat shames Mike McCarthy every day. Like, like he, doesn't, he doesn't care for Big Mike. That's what it is. His, his, his hatred of Big Mike clouds his judgment. 
Yeah, he's definitely getting his emotion in there. Rowdy, is that true? I, I'm just making 49ers. <laughs> he's a big Purdy guy. He's got that. Well, I, I, I will say this. Rowdy has been on the Niners all season about how great that roster hey, is. So, so, so have I. Yeah. I mean, but I'm not just going to blindly follow the lemmings over a cliff. Hey, my Super Bowl prediction from when was it, Ebo? Roughly mid-season, maybe November sometime. Yeah. 49ers, Cincinnati, and yeah. I'm sticking with it. I said, uh, let's see, your Cowboys and whoever they're going to beat, you know, from the AFC. It doesn't matter. Well, if you're sticking with that, why don't you just play the Cincinnati money line plus like two ten? Not that it's- confident. <laughs> okay, we're not sure what the NFL writers have uh, done have in store for us, Dave. It may or may not be rigged. We're not sure yet. So, okay. Hey, Dave. Sir, I can't wait to be sunning our balls on that island together. Just no eye contact, okay? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you, guys, you guys play your cards right. Mike McCarthy might show up. That's, <laughs> That's a group of three. Let it, let, it, let it go, Rowdy. Let it go. <laughs> Dave, have a great weekend, man. Good luck golfing. And I'm so sad to hear it's going to be in the 50s. It sounds so cold. Oh, we love yeah, you. Yeah, well, uh, you know, hey, love you guys, too. Uh, good luck this weekend. We'll talk next week. Pregame.com, Dave underscore Essler, E-S-S-L-E-R. Dave, much love. There he is. Our dirty white boy. I don't understand why they call it the Super Wild Card Weekend, and because they added one team, and then they take seven a, teams, then they now. just call it the, the divisional round the next round. Like, uh, I know they added like, throw something clever in the front of it. Then if they were going Super Wild Card Weekend, <laughs> I mean, maybe it just speaks for itself for the divisional round. So we'll get to some gambling with our guy Dave Esser. Rowdy already been dipping in the razor's edge uh, with it. Uh, O.J. Simpson of all people said last weekend was probably the the greatest weekend in NFL. I'm inclined, and I can't believe I'm saying this, to agree with O.J. Simpson. The glove don't fit. You must have quit. Sit down on the couch and watch some NFL unfold uh, in between, you know, hitting the sticks, the links, juice. But, Rowdy, uh, a lot of talk been on one individual, not O.J. Simpson, one individual. It's been Aaron Charles Rodgers. I don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. We can leave that for every other single show that beats a dead horse, screams into the abyss, gets all her panties in a bunch over what Aaron Rodgers said or may not have said or what he meant or the tea leaves that he's Don't matter. Don't care. Actually, can I say two things that bug me about Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, please. So I would say for the most part, I've defended Aaron Rodgers, except for what was that? The 2018 season where... He was like tanking games and his attitude was body language was terrible. Like a and humbug. I called him an a-hole <laughs> on air that he just seems like a real a-hole this year. And actually in 2018, I also said I wanted to move on from Aaron Rodgers that year. That people call me a Rodgers wonk. I, I didn't want to move on. I was ready to send him out the door, but because he was losing games, he's sabotaging Mike McCarthy. But the two things that bug me about Aaron Rodgers at this current moment because everyone's got their qualms with him, right? Oh, you said he wants to win an MVP. How dare he? My one thing is when he does do some of the interviews and he says it's not about the money, I don't believe him. Like, it's clearly about the money because if it wasn't about the money and it was about really winning Super Bowls and championships and all of this, you would play for the league minimum. And then you, you have would, enough money. You, you would dish out all that money. Like we looked at, like he's worth over three hundred million dollars for what he's made in the NFL. And by the time he retires, if he gets paid out for what it is, it'll be like over four hundred and fifty million. So if it if it truly wasn't about the money, you would play league minimum, sure. and you would dole out the other forty nine million or whatever it would be. Can you play per bono to the other, you know, Can superstar you players if you really want of them? Yeah, but but again. I just don't believe him when he says it's not about the money because it clearly is because you would take a deal. But I'm not going <laughs> to fault him for that because he's that good. That's what he's worth. Yeah. He was a two-time or sorry, four-time four, MVP, two-time two reigning MVP. Clearly, if he was going to get a new deal, it would be one of the biggest in the market. So I'm not blaming him for that. I'm just saying, I'm okay, I'm going to call your BS yeah, on that. Oh yeah, I understand that for sure. The other thing. He hasn't uh, invited people, you on an ayahuasca trip? <laughs> no. The the people that that had or that were criticizing him for him saying he doesn't know if he can win an MVP or sorry, he can still win an MVP yeah. in the right situation. 
Now, I think Green Bay could potentially be a right situation. Do I think there are maybe greener pastures with other teams? Sure. If it comes to young talent and salary cap space, yeah, I do, or better draft picks. But at this point, Green Bay has basically, and he has basically forced his hand into where he's got the upper hand, and Green Bay has went down this road with backloading contracts where it's almost like they're kind of all in it. They're appeasing him. Yeah, if they pull out now... It would be like, it just doesn't make much sense. But my thing that bugs me is him saying in the right situation, he can still win an MVP. But then he also on the other talks out of the other end of his mouth saying, but I need guys like Mercedes Rand, Lewis yeah, and Randall, Randall Cobb. Cobb. He named Lazard like, as well. Those guys clearly aren't on Super Bowl type teams like they're not some of the guys well, can I on play Super Bowl caliber team they're still Green Bay Packers right like they're still on the Green Bay Packers do you think he's playing a good teammate approach saying the reason why he names those guys is because they're still his teammates at the time and if he were to go say I want to go get like a you know insert player here then be like his teammates would be like well what's wrong with me dude who do you think would be more valuable to the Green Bay Packers at the time Randall Cobb Right now, in the in the vi- vi- uh, the version that he is currently in, or Greg Jennings back when him and Rogers were feuding, and Rogers straight up told him, "Well, you're not going to be here next year, so I don't care what you say." Say Greg Jennings. Yeah, Greg Jennings was in his prime. <laughs> Rogers like, "Well, you're not going to play here anymore." Yeah. See you later. But Greg Jennings was in his prime. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Now maybe that was the different Aaron Rodgers before he had all of his vision quests, but. Love what I'm getting quest. at is great movie. You can't say that I need more talent and we need to get more talent, but at the same time saying you want guys that are in their mid thirties to pushing forties because last time I checked Mercedes Lewis isn't playing for a million dollars. Randall Cobb isn't playing for a couple million dollars. Yeah. Randall Cobb. Now he did take a, a deal and a discount from what his, his salary was supposed to be with when he was a Texan. But still, he was making like four and a half million last year. Yeah. Or Mercedes Lewis was making good, like, not good, but for what he is, being basically yeah, a, 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 a blocker yeah, and it. a guy that occasionally catches a pass and then he's on there for leadership purposes. Yeah. He's making way more money than what he could potentially take. Now, am I telling these guys that they should take league minimum? No, but I'm saying they're probably not going to be on the roster if I was the GM. Yeah. You know what yeah, I no, mean? I get, I get, no, I totally understand it. You can't in one state say you want to be a Super Bowl contender and then champion. You're totally right for Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb. Yeah, like some of those guys, like if, if, if Mercedes Lewis wants to come back and be almost 40 years old and be a blocking tight end that occasionally catches a pass and be a leader, but he wants to take a million or $2 million, so be it. Yeah. Okay, sign me up for it. Yeah, he's got a lot of room. Does Randall presence. Cobb want to come back and be like your fifth receiver? And be a slot guy and again be a leader, but he wants to play for one or two million. Okay, so be it. Yeah. But these guys really, yeah, they've taken somewhat deals, but they're still making a decent amount of money for what they are. Yeah, the Packers have given Rodgers, and I agree with you on that. The Packers have given Rodgers way too much, I would say, say in what the some of the moves are. Okay, so think about it this way. We bitch as Milwaukee, to get some balls. We bitch as Milwaukee Brewer fans, right? About them not picking up Brad Boxberger's three million dollar deal, letting him it's three million dollar option, letting him test the market, and oh, it turns out they were only two hundred thousand off as the Cubs signed him for two point eight, and now you lost a solid uh, seventh inning reliever. Imagine if the if the Green Bay Packers cut Mercedes Lewis or they cut Randall Cobb. What do you think their market value really is when they're not Aaron Rodgers' buddy? Vet minimum? That's what I'm saying. Yet, Randall Cobb made $4.5 million last year. He's not worth $4.5 million. Careful what you say about Randall. I have the signed picture behind me here. He still he still looks over. But it's the like office. okay, well, he's a vet minimum guy. If if your buddies want to come back, they better understand. This is me as Brian Gutekunst talking. If your buddies want to come back, they're still good enough to have at the end of the roster. They're not going to be the guys anymore. Yeah, no, totally. But they're taking very team well, friendly deals and close to league minimum. R- Rogers clearly has all the hand. Like he is, he is the the power of the Green Bay Packers, and I think Brian Gutekunst, Matt Lafleur, Mark Murphy realize that, and they're kind of you know held back because of it. But they made the bed for Rodgers, and I'm and just he's sleeping in it now. I like, just that's their up, fault. I just brought up those two guys because those are two of the guys that he's named lately. Yeah, 
and just looking at their contracts, those are two guys where the, the Packers probably could have saved another $5 million and allocated it to somewhere totally. else instead of them. And then you look at the end of the season, what, they had like $10, million, $10.5 still on their salary cap? Yeah. What if that was $15, $16 million? Yeah. You, you could have went out and done a lot more moves if you wanted to. It's just like... Dude, don't tell me that it's going to take a certain situation, but then you're going to play with a 35-year-old no, and on. a 40-year-old tight end and think it's going to work. All right, we're going to the phone call in one second here. Um, Thick Chatter on Twitch says, Mercedes Lewis, tight end coach, 2023, has a nice ring to it. Like I actually <laughs> I think Mercedes Lewis is still a serviceable tight end. But he's electric the, when he catches his three passes a here's year. Here's the other thing. He's one a touchdown. serviceable tight end for like $2 million, not, yeah. not four and a half. Yeah. But first, I mean, where is it, Rowdy? Rio de Janeiro, Brazil? But for this, we're going to Atlanta. Dan at Best Fight Picks on Twitter. Half the battle is awesome podcast. Talking UFC 283. Good morning, Dan. What's up, dude? Oh, man, I'm doing absolutely phenomenal. Even better now that I'm talking to you guys. How's it going? It is the same here. The feeling is the same. It's mutual. How about you, Rowdy? Hey, this is the first major UFC event for the year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Happy 2023, Dan, by the way. Thank you. Happy New Year, gentlemen. What, what, what's your cutoff for saying <laughs> Happy New Year, by the way? We've had this conversation last week. I gave it like three weeks until I'm done saying it. How about you? Oh, I'm never done saying it. <laughs> Rowdy said three days, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like like three, three business days? or Yeah, like once you come back to work, like say if... What was Monday the third? You get three days. And uh, see, I gave it like people are on vacation or gone on vacation. Like if you hadn't seen them a couple of weeks, you could still say Happy New Year. But once February rolls around, it's, it's over. Like yeah. you can't say it anymore. I I could be. I, I guess I could be convinced to say February, but February is definitely the cutoff. Three days. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, February we say Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Oh, Dan, are you are you carving out a little reservation maybe uh, for February fourteenth or what's uh. You know, if we could peek into a little bit of the personal life of Dan, anything cooking? Yeah, we just got to, you know, divide it into blocks. You know, we'll have our oh. lunch date, we'll have our pre-dinner date, and then we'll have our dinner date. <laughs> and if, if there's time, maybe some after hours, too. Oh, yeah, yeah I like it. You got to designate it in the block time because there's maybe some different, you know, kind of fillies that you got to entertain. Dan, something I'm thinking of Valentine's Day for you because I know you love it is eating at your Brazilian steakhouses, right? And this this UFC 283 is in Brazil. Are we going to have any Brazilian you know steakhouse we're going to eat leading up to this or after it? You know, it doesn't have to be Valentine's Day for me to eat a good <laughs> picanha Brazilian steak, medium rare. Yeah. All right, so Dan, let me ask. You, let's just get right to it. Uh, the main card, Rowdy. The main card. Yeah, we have Glover Teixeira, Jamal Hill. You already said it sounds like you're wagering on Jamal Hill here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been coming on y'all's show for like the last few years telling you that I think Jamal Hill is a future world champion. So now that he's at his title shot, I'm not about to change my stance, you know? I mean, the thing that makes this guy incredible is that, I mean, he's got that one hitter quitter of like a Francis Ngannou and, you know, an old school Mike Tyson where he can just hit you with one shot, put you out. But then he's also got the output of a little guy. So when you have a combination like that, it's absolutely deadly because the the whole, you know, people like to talk about KO or bust or what happens if this guy doesn't get his early knockout. Well, if Jamal doesn't get his early knockout, he's going to stack up the significant strikes and go out there and put up a number against you. Um, and then it's like, well, what happens if he gets taken down? He's kind of like the great Jose Aldo. He gets taken down, he pops right back up. So I think he's got all the ingredients of a world champion. And no disrespect to Glover, you know, future Hall of Famer, but, you know, my boy's 43 years old, so... uh you know, I'm not. <laughs> well, Dan, let me ask yeah. you this, Dan. I saw an article is that the UFC uh, th- they need a new lightweight, uh, a light heavyweight cha- star. Like they need someone to ascend. I was reading it was, since John Jones walked away, there's been kind of this void. Do you agree with that, or is like what? Like what do you think? Oh uh, yeah, I hundred percent agree. And the reason I agree is one of the things that bummed me out so much about when John Jones left was that, well, when he was fighting, he'd have all these huge physical advantages against everyone he fought. You know what I mean? He'd be, you know, 10 inches taller. He'd have a five-inch reach advantage. He'd be 10 years younger. So no one could really match him. And then he walked away right as soon as that new era of light heavyweights emerged. And that includes Jamal Hill, who's six foot four with an 80-inch reach. You know, that includes, uh, you know, Magomed Ankalaev, who fought for the title last month, and all these guys. It's just a shame we never got to see John Jones fight these guys because I think they could have challenged him. But... Yeah. 
you can't, you know, cry over spilled milk. So now we get to see Jamal Hill knock out Glover Teixeira. Well, is John Jones kind of a victim of his own habit habits? I would say maybe. Uh, maybe, but I mean, he's, the bottom line is he's he's fighting at uh, heavyweight his next fight. So he literally left the light heavyweight division for okay, gotcha. two or three years. Yeah, yeah and John yeah. Jones, like, if you uh, want to go watch the video of his only loss, he's really beating the hell out of a guy until an illegal elbow. Oh, really? yeah. I mean, when, when you when you smash a guy's face and they call him the winner, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, how about moving on to the flyweight championship? What Figueroa versus Moreno? What do you what do you think of this one, Dan? I mean, this is like battle number twenty. Yeah, exactly. You know, as a fan, it's amazing. It's the two best flyweights on planet Earth. doesn't get any better than this. But as a betting man, you know, I truly feel like there's no edge right now. I mean, unless you just think that one side is going to be so dominant, then go for it because they got it lined to pick them. But for me, when I've literally seen over an hour of footage of these guys sharing the octagon together, and every single time has been drastically different, it's just hard for me to, you know, just put my flag down and, think that you know i have this huge perceived edge so for me it's a big pass yeah it sounds like just from how you're breaking it down there it's it's got to be dog or pass yeah exactly you see good dog odds on either side you take it yeah well what's that saying you had a really good saying uh what the hell is the saying about dogs don't bet chalk unless it's a lock yeah maybe that's what it was yeah, that's what it was i think don't bet chalk unless it's a lock i think you had one other one too i'll have to jog the memory uh, Dan, uh, follow him on Twitter. Best fight picks his podcast. Freaking awesome, man! Half the battle. Dan, uh, looking around the card, what do you find some you know value in? What are you like looking down the list? Like I don't like this. Yeah, so obviously, like I mentioned, I bet on Jamal Hill, so that you know we we already got that locked in. And then early on the card, there's this kid named Warley Alves. Um, I took him at plus one twenty five. He's currently minus one twenty five, but I still think. Uh, a slight, you know, a pick him with a slight lean on him, there's value because, you know, he, he's kind of like a, a 50-50 fighter. People consider him hit or miss and this and that. But what you got to understand is that there's a certain opponent he beats and there's a certain opponent he loses to. You know, if you're super explosive on the up and up and, you know, you're someone that's going to be a problem down the line, you're probably going to beat Warley Alves. But if you're like his current opponent who is 38 years old, has no takedown defense, often gets rocked in the first round of every single fight, then I think that's the kind of opponent Worley Alves can beat, and for that reason, I'm betting him to win this fight. Yeah, isn't correct me if I'm wrong? Wasn't his opponent kind of like the one foot in, one foot uh, foot out? And in MMA, that is probably the worst sport to have one foot in and one foot out. Yeah, I mean, you could label it that way. I just look at it more so for the fact that you know, even in this guy's prime. He was getting dropped in the first round, like every single fight. Now he's 38 years old. You know, these things don't get better. These things get worse. So I'm looking to capitalize and, you know, fade that guy. Dan, the one that I'm looking at, just I'm I'm ready to watch. I want to see Paul Craig versus Johnny Walker because Johnny liquor. Walker is, is like obviously drink. was an up and comer in the lightweight heavyweight or the light heavyweight division. Everyone thought he was going to be the next belt holder until they figured out he had like a glass jaw and Paul Craig (laughs) is like the most awkward good fighter I I don't know how to describe him he's strictly jujitsu and and he almost wants to just lay on the ground but somehow people go to the ground with him and he taps him out I don't understand I don't get it yeah you bring up some really good points you know when Johnny Walker first came onto the scene it was exactly like what I was talking about earlier. You know how I mentioned how John Jones had all these physical advantages over everyone he fought. Well, then you had a guy like Johnny Walker come in who was six foot six, who had the 82 inch reach, who was doing all these dynamic things, these flying knees. So like, yeah, but then we realized once he got hit, you know, his chin wasn't the best, but man, is he dangerous? And speaking of dangerous, his opponent, Paul Craig, you know, it might not be the flashiest style in the world, but He's got wins over multiple top five guys. Jamal Hill, who's fighting for the title. And credit to Jamal Hill. You know, what separates him from all these other guys is, you know, when he got, you know, stuck in the arm bar, he let his arm break. He was like, you know what, I'm going to punch you with my broken arm. (laughs) You know, whereas (laughs) these other guys, uh, you know, they're tapping out right away. So I think that's another thing, you know, another check to give Jamal Hill in terms of future champ talk. But listen, Paul Craig is as dangerous as they come. Wins over Hill, wins over Ankalive, wins over Nikita Krylov, wins over Kennedy and Zechuku, and they're all finish wins. So he can absolutely come through here as an underdog. I'm not betting on him because, to be honest with you, like Paul Craig fights are really tough for me to predict. And since I don't feel like I personally have that edge, it's just a pass. Yeah. yeah. 
but Sometimes I completely that's bad is the one you don't make. Craig is just such a weird. It's just such a weird fighter and fighting style because he comes out there dressed like he's in Braveheart. Obviously, he's from <laughs> Scotland, <laughs> but yeah, it, it looks like he's Mel Gibson in, in Braveheart. But then in some of these fights, he's getting his ass absolutely kicked. And then all of a sudden finds a way to, to tap this guy out to where they're like crying to tap out. Did it's Braveheart crazy. ever give up, Rowdy? Did Braveheart ever give up? Yeah, you know, he's definitely more like Braveheart, like, like Mel Gibson and Braveheart than he is like Mel Gibson getting a DUI, you know? So I think that <laughs> you bring up, I think you bring up a very good point there. And it's just about, is Johnny going to give him those opportunities to, to get his game going? So that's one I need to sit back and just watch. Well, the one thing I think Johnny Walker should be lucky is he's Brazilian, not English, because then Paul Craig would definitely be coming for him if he's Braveheart. But if he's right. Scottish, they can drink. Johnny Walker, a liquor, obviously. I don't know. There's something, there's something there. There's something there to flush out. Hey, Dan, when, um, so I'm curious on this one because I'm not, you know, Rowdy's really big in this one. You're huge in this, obviously. Dan at Best Fight Picks, half the battle. For uh, the women's side of things, is it is it uh-huh. harder or easier to kind of um, make, make bets on that? Because what's the... Sc- I don't want to say the skill level drops off or anything, but what's the skill level like when it comes to, like, uh, as a betting edge to it like was it jessica andrage versus lauren murphy like how do you how do you look at this and can you find value or money in the other side of the fights now you don't look at that fight because it's minus 500 so (laughs) you know there's there's really no point and uh if you want to look at the other side you know she's almost 40 years old she's talking about retirement it's just not worth it so that's one of those where you know you just sit back and watch uh jessica andrage beat up on lauren murphy you know there's no reason to force a bet if you don't feel like you have an edge, which I don't. So you just sit back and enjoy it. See, I would say to your point, Dan, back in the day, back in the day when Ronda Rousey was dominating UFC and and there wasn't a ton of talent and it wasn't well-rounded talent at the women's division, you could basically lay anything with Ronda Rousey. She wasn't going to lose until she met Holly Holm. Yeah. And those were interesting times, you know, uh, the way people were talking, you know, they were saying stuff like Ronda Rousey would beat a man. Ronda Rousey would beat Floyd Mayweather. Ronda Rousey would do all these things. And then as soon as she took that L and then the subsequent L, you know, she was humanized in a way where, you know, no one looked at her as invincible ever again. But that was such an early time where she had such good judo. And then she had a little bit of uh, what jujitsu and a little bit of like, I guess you would call it boxing, but she was so good at judo. Her judo was so much better than whatever the other fighters uh, one skill was. There wasn't well-rounded women back then. Now they, they're like as well-rounded training in the same gyms as the men. Yeah. She was a mythical creature and that's why, you know, (laughs) she was such a star when uh, she was in her prime, no doubt. All right, so, uh, Dan, before I let you go, uh, I want to recommend everyone, and I know I've said it a couple times, but I would like to hear from the horse's mouth himself. How can they find and consume all your awesome stuff, my friend? Well, you know, firstly, gentlemen, it's always a pleasure talking with you guys. So, you know, I'm truly grateful for you guys having me, and as well to everybody in Milwaukee. And also, I just wanted to say, you know, shout out to the Brewers. Y'all picked up one of our guys, uh, Wild, <laughs> Wild Bill, uh, William Contreras. Um, you, guys, you guys got a good one. You guys got an all-star. You guys got a World Series champion. And I know he's going to hold it down for you guys at catcher because I can speak from experience. You know, the Brave Stadium's down the street from my house. And I watched uh, William Contreras. We like to call him Wild Bill. I like that. Go out there. I mean, when this dude hits a homer, man, I mean, like, he's got swag. He's got the bat, he's got the bat flip. Um, he's got the celebration. Like, he's going to bring an energy to y'all's ball club that, yeah. that maybe has been missing. So, yeah. man, y'all got a good one with William Contreras. Selling, but, um, I was already sold on it, but you sold me even more now, Dan. Dude, I mean, like, wh- what else do you want? I mean, he's only in his he's, – he's just a kid. He's in his early 20s. Like I said, World Series champ, all-star in 2022. Like, he's got an upwards trajectory. And, like, last year was the only year that, like, he started to, you know, play full-time. So now that he's, you know, got his feet under him a little bit. Yeah, and Yeah, yeah he's uh, someone to look out for. Y'all got a really good one. But, Love it. Um, thanks for giving me the platform, you Always know, for anyone, for anyone that's interested in checking me out. I am on Twitter at Best Fight Picks, but if you can only check me out in one place, check out my podcast, Half the Battle. Just type in Half the Battle anywhere podcasts are found. Thank you. Dan, you're the man, brother. And uh, happy gambling this weekend. Go get some Brazilian steakhouse uh, action. And if we don't talk before Valentine's Day, I'm sure the honeys will be flocking. 
Medium rare, baby. I'll talk to you all soon, <laughs> see, all right? See you, Dan. See you, buddy. Good stuff there from Dan. I got to check out this Brazilian steak because he's not the only one that has said it's really, really good. Well, there is one downtown Madison, Rowdy. It's called Samba. They I feel like the, I've heard of that. They got the gauchos walking around. Is that like a... Is that like a... They have like, they have like skewers of meat. In the yeah, combiners. but is that like a dance club, too? Samba? Ah, maybe I'm off. Uh, I do believe Samba is a style of dance. It's not a dance club. Okay, maybe a, that's what I was thinking. It's a style of dance. So like a, 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 what is it? A ballroom dance of Brazilian origin, the Samba. 